And we're back with another episode of the MDM Podcast. I'm Joe Morales, Joe, my co-host, Tara Markowski, on a night where, or early morning now, where the New York Yankees go out there in Buffalo, New York, where the Blue Jays are playing, and straight up embarrass themselves. You have that miserable 10-run sixth inning at the expense of Chad Green and Adam Adovino. And Trevor, how are you doing on this just awful night if you're a Yankee fan. Horrible. I mean, you know, that, that's unacceptable. Inexcusable. Like, you have 10 runs in one inning. So, so yeah. d- for me, there's a little backstory to this. I wasn't watching this game live. I had my fantasy football draft tonight. So, I say, you know what? I'm going to tape the game because this is an important series. I'm going to tape the game. I'll go draft my beautiful fantasy football team where I took, uh, uh, what's his face? Um, I, f- I forget who I took. I think I took, um, I, know, I forget who I took first. I go and pick my fantasy football team, and I come home to all this at 9.50 at night. So I'm starting the game at 9.50, and by 9.50, I assume that whatever happened in this miserable sixth inning probably already happened. And I saw on Twitter after the game that the sixth inning went over an hour, is that true? Because I was I was fast forwarding through most of the game, so I really had no sense of time. Did this inning really go over an hour? It was pretty close to an hour. I don't know if it went over, but it was right around an hour. So, I guess we'll start in the beginning because Jordan Montgomery didn't have it, and he, he luckily he only gave up two runs. But you see, he gave up six hits. He only struck out one. He walked a couple. So Jordan Montgomery yet again. This is his second start in a row. He just plain out straight up didn't have his stuff. Yeah, I mean, at least it's better than the first time. He was gave a little bit more length, but he still gave a pretty bad outing in the end. But he only gave two runs that kept him in the game uh, to still have a shot. And they did go up against six two. And you figured there they had a, you figured they were gonna hang on for their, their big guns in the bullpen. Well, here just just start even earlier. The first inning of the game, Void and Hicks go back to back. I thought yeah. that was a tone setter. His offense has done a, an offense that did absolutely nothing in Baltimore against the Orioles. It's also ridiculous they split a series in Baltimore. Unacceptable. They go there, they can't score runs in Baltimore off AAA pitching. And you come here, you start the game with back-to-back home runs in the first inning. You have a 6-2 lead in the sixth inning. And then Chad Green and Adam Adovino blow the whole thing up. Ten runs in the sixth inning. And Chad Green recorded one out. Adovino couldn't record an out. And it combined ten runs between the two of them. Well, I think the pitching is the easy thing to like. You know what's the big thing I think that kind of let the inning unravel? What? That Voight error. Where, with the bases loaded, yeah, Voight yeah. has that. I guess it was an error. I, I mean, I, I it, was, it looked like a tough play. I mean, it, it was hit right to him, but it, it had a mean hop on it. I'm trying to find exactly where that happened. It was on the, uh, I can't seem to find where it happened. But I know exactly what you're t- here we go. Rowdy Tellez. That was what the bases loaded already. That was what that was what started it. Like you said, that's what started. They scored that a single. Wait, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. They scored that an error. So yeah, that was an error. But that's exactly where it started. With Rowdy Tellez, who before this game had three hits in two straight games. So he was swinging the bat pretty well. But regardless, you're right, it starts with this Luke Void error at first base. You know, even with everything that would have gone wrong, it still would have been two outs in the ending. And they Probably would have gotten out of it, in my opinion. 
and then they would they could have gone from there. So that's why I think everything kind of started to unravel. Yeah, and I'm looking at the inning right now, and all aside from the Danny Jensen Grand Slam, which was the icing on the cake. That's when I knew the game was over. Aside from all the singles, I'm counting one, two, three, four walks in one inning. Now I know the the Blue Jays brought up ten thousand hitters in the inning, but it it was it was the entire game. I'm looking at the box score right now. Yankees walked nine guys in this game. That, that that's unacceptable. Even though even though when Voight made that error, even though the Yankees were still winning, you felt like like you know this is it. Like this is how it all unravels. You felt like this is how it all collapses. And it didn't make it any better. I know it's six runs, but. The Yankees had nine outs to at least make the game interesting. They, with the exception of the with the ninth inning with two outs, which is nothing, the Yankees brought up three runners on base in those last seven or eight outs. They made an effort with two outs in the ninth, a little too late, Brett Gardner, who, who ground out to end the game. But it was no sense of urgency after that sixth inning. And I get it; it's deflating, but you got to put up a fight. Yeah, the, the, and the offense decided and Duhar was uh, swinging the bat well mm-hmm. all of a sudden. Right. And Frazier, again, Voight. Those <laughs> are the three guys. Everybody else, take those three out. And it's nothing. The offense is ice cold. I'm looking at the box score right now. It was a, Aside from you know, tonight, the offense right hasn't been. But in this game alone, you score seven runs. LeMahieu has a hit. Everyone in the lineup except Gardner and Higashioka had a hit tonight. And you account yeah. for LeMahieu's two walks. Hicks had two walks. Voight had a walk. So, the, the, the getting on base, they're scoring runs, and these aren't two no-name pitchers. We, we, we come on here, we complain about Luis Sessa a lot. Trevor, tonight it was Adam Adovino and Chad Green, two guys you need to be able to rely on in the bullpen. Yeah, and, and you do. And the Yankee offense, you know, they get off a lot of runs from Ryu. That was pretty, you know, at least I, at least I see the offense turn the corner a little bit, but they're pitching. It's just been awful, and I don't want to. I, 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 it's it's not Matt Blake's fault. It is not Matt Blake's fault that these superstar relief pitchers are underperforming, and I see it all over Twitter. Getting texts from friends and family members on why Aaron Boone and Matt Blake should be fired. I cannot put the blame on Aaron Boone here for going to his one of his two mo- or two of his most trusted relief pitchers. I could put the blame on him for not getting out of Vino out earlier. That I could put the blame on him. Uh, maybe, but but still, it's his inning, right? Why go ahead and blow up a, a a bullpen arm when you're down twelve to six? I I guess he should have take maybe maybe he was a little too too late to take out Green. What I'm looking at the I'm I'm just watching the the, the box score right now. So Green comes in, he walks the first guy. Gets the second out in the flyout with Danny Jansen, walks Biggio, single to Gritschick, then the fielding error. And then he gets out, um, he takes out Green. I thought he pulled Green at the right time. Nothing here wrong about Green coming out. That should have been I, an out. That's not even Green's fault. I think it's Adovino that should have came out a little earlier. When Adovino comes in, he comes with the one out, gives the single, single, walk, single, walk, home run, that, and then Sessa comes in. That's single before the second walk. That's single. The Travis Shaw single. That's when it's eight to six Pronto. He should have came out then. And it didn't look like Aaron Boone was ready to go to another big relief arm. He goes to Luis Sessa. And what do you know? Luis Sessa 
gives you one and two thirds of shutout baseball. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, I think Toronto, Toronto must have been a Toronto must have been asleep for those at bats. And yeah, but it was just, it was just a a miserable sixth inning that they couldn't recover from. Ten runs in one inning is just downright unacceptable. Yeah, it is. And you got another. You got two more games with Toronto and nine more on the season. Tomorrow, who's going for the Yankees tomorrow? Let's see. Hap. Oh Lord. Hap against it's one of Toronto's scrummy pitchers. Tomorrow's not Ryu. Tejon Walker, who's been who's looked really good since he went to Toronto. Trevor, yeah. I don't know where these wins are coming from. I I really don't. Does this team right now look like a playoff team to you? No, but uh, a lot could change in three weeks. What I I how do you see this change turn in the corner? Well, I think I think Boone. I think first of all the pitching's gonna get under control, which you know the pitching staff is just cold right now, and it happens. When he goes through a bad streak, it just happens to be everybody's going through a bad streak at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you gotta change that around. I think I, I think the pitching will come around. They had a bad couple. Everybody everybody's a bad couple outings. It happens. This this has been and going I, on for weeks now, Trevor. Well. I, I, honestly, it's been going on since the middle of August, where the offense and the pitching cannot get on the same page. Ever since well, a, think, yeah. ever since Zach Britton went down, this this bullpen is unreliable. Well, I'm sorry, the, it is. Well, maybe the offense started to turn the corner tonight. We'll have to see. So you got the um, yeah. I'm looking back at the Baltimore game. You got one run, one run, three runs, and that was it. So you scored five runs in three games against the Baltimore Orioles. Unacceptable. Okay, you come here at least you scored seven runs tonight. But it's it's Jordan Montgomery, the second start in a row, and then it's the two bullpen arms that, that do it. Now, I know. I think Aaron Boone has made one smart decision to get the team back going. What was that? I think I, I completely agree with Benjamin Sanchez. That I completely agree with. Well, okay. Here's what Gary Sanchez. Out of all of the catchers on the roster right now, who is who gives you a better chance to win? Kyle Higashioka or Gary Sanchez? Higashioka right now. See, I disagree. I disagree. I don't. Gary Sanchez in 106 games last year had 34 home runs. If he plays 120 games, he's hitting 40 home runs. If he plays 100 and if he plays 120 games, that's 40 home runs. If he plays 100 in in uh in 40 games, that's almost 50 home runs. So well, I, you could call him a home runner bust guy, but. I look at that as one of one of the most one of the better power hitters in all the sport. Not even power hitting catchers, power hitting players in all of the sport, and he so, has the ability to get hot at any moment. So let's just say I'll give you the power, but you, it, it's acceptable at about one thirty, one forty, whatever he's batting. Well, give Kyle Higashioka and and Eric Kratz regular playing time. The batting averages won't be that far off. Well. They're not supposed to be. Well, we're not paying the money for them to be like that. We're paying Sanchez the money to be a 140 hitter. Not paying him anything. He's playing on house money right now. I get what you're saying. I, I'm acting a little literal there. But you got to give him some playing time. I get it. I get it benching him two days in a row because he strikes out seven at bats in a row. I well, get it for the next couple of days. Well, I wouldn't play him until after the Toronto series. I wouldn't play him tomorrow because you have the offense in a groove right now. But if the Yankees go out there tomorrow and score two or three runs, Gary Sanchez better be back in the lineup on Wednesday. 
I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, they put this guy, I mean, you know, so far, whatever I've seen with the bases loaded, he strikes out. I've never seen him get a big hit. I mean, what has Eric Kratz done and Kyle Higashioka? What have they done? Again, they're not supposed to be like that. Sanchez is supposed to be a tremendous hitter. Right, so give, like, give him playing time. Let, let him prove to you he can do it, because I know he can. They've, they've tried to, they, they, they've tried to, he's tried to prove it to him. He, they, he's failed. Let me give you, let me give you something else. I, I was pondering this as the lineup came out today. And before today, the offense was, you know, doing nothing. The last two days, I scored one run in each game. What do you think about moving DJ LeMahieu out of the one, out of the leadoff spot, bump him down to three, and let Aaron Hicks go one? Because before today, like I said, the offense, there was no offense. If you give DJ LeMahieu, who, who we both agree, best on the team, right? Yeah. If you put him in the three hole, at least you give him the opportunity to get a hit with someone on base. When he's hitting leadoff, there's no one on base for him, and there's no one able to drive him in besides Luke Voigt. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. Maybe. And I'm not give I'm not giving Aaron Hicks all the credit. He's hitting 205 right now, but he's got that OBP in the 350s. He's getting on base uh, with the walks. So just to get the offense going, and now it's it's irrelevant what I'm saying right now, but. If if the Yankees went out there and scored again, they scored two or three runs tonight. I think it would be logical to move DJ LeMahieu down the lineup. Now, what Aaron Boone does with this bullpen, I don't know. What are you supposed to do going down the stretch now in a two or three run game? Who do you turn the ball over to? The same four guys you've been trusting for the seasons. Yeah, and I okay. So here, let me tell you this. Apply that to Gary Sanchez too. Right. I don't trust Sanchez. But right now, I wouldn't trust Anavino and Britain. I mean, or Anavino and Green, or Britain and Chapman, right? I, I look at it the same way. These are the guys that are in your, uh, like Gary Sanchez in the, in the lineup. Britain, Anavino, Chapman, and Green. Those are your seven, eight, nine, and six inning pitchers. You have to keep going back to them because those are your most trusted, uh, most trusted relievers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's my logic behind that. But, um, I mean, pitching is a little bit different than hitting. I agree. I agree. But the, it's not that it's not that time of year to start mixing and matching. Like it's not that time of year to put Luis Sessa as your setup man or Clark Schmidt as your closer. Like it's it's not it's not that time of year to mess around with that stuff. You well, have to be able to trust your bullpen. This is what the, the team is built around. It's the time we need to start stepping up, and uh, that hasn't had Sanchez. That hasn't. He's been nowhere. Yeah, and neither neither are the bullpen arms. Yeah. So, we're I'm so deflated. Um, I can't do any Met Islanders today. But me and Trevor will be back on Thursday to um do NFL. We have the NFL come up this weekend. We'll talk a little Chiefs and Texans on Thursday. We'll do whatever Yankees and Met stuff, the Islander series, and uh, much more with the NBA playoffs. So I'm Joe Morales. You get me on Twitter at Joe Morales underscore. He's Trevor Markowski. This has been the MDM Podcast.